This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Afternoon, it's a Monday after Celtic one coming back at McDermott Park. Where did that come from there? McDermott Park. Um, my name's Kevin Graham. I'm joined by Azim and Jerry Taylor. Paul has just left us on the watch and we just had to fight there who was actually going to host <laughs> this podcast. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Jerry because Jerry's actually done some work about for it. I, I was just planning on turning up. And blaring a load of rubbish about the Celtic. Um, so, Jerry, how are you? Right. Well, away. I know I was getting a bit stressed there because I couldn't have got online. Um, I welcome everyone, and also we have got Asim Rabani. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Asim. Perfect, Jerry. Bang on. Brilliant. Bang mate. On. Nice. Great to have you on board. Asim is uh, Axum's newest signing, and Kev, I think we can agree, most handsome signing. Again, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm punching the day we used to on man. I'm really, really punching. Try to look my best. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I should have had a shave and no, uh, my left hour uh, Indian takeaway this morning for my breakfast. If I knew oh, I was going to be on, we used to. Always tastes better the next day, man. Always oh, tastes better. And a chicken tikka chasney. You can't whack it in the morning, eh? I'm starving. I've done my breakfast yet. Right. So we've got the title today: Celtic comeback fighting, and so does Brendan Rodgers. And how the gaffer was angry, lads. And I think I can safely say, for me, it's probably the angriest I've seen our gaffer, Paul John Dykes, in a while. Um, especially at halftime. It wasn't the, the best half, probably one of the worst halves I've seen as a Celtic fan in a while. I was angry. We use angry as the gaffer. Kev, will come to you first. Uh, was I as angry as the gaffer? No, I was probably more perplexed uh, at the game. It's one of the worst games I've physically seen Celtic ever play. And I've been going to watch Celtic since 1982. It was up there with anything in the COVID season. Completely up there with anything in the COVID season. It looked like a couple of them had just chucked it. I don't know whether the, the Champions League hangover or something like that came in, but there was guys hiding over that pitch. And I'm very glad Brendan Kate came out with, when we got back onto the, the, the bus to go home, and he's gone, that's the angriest I've ever been. I could tell that. Eh? I think the main worry was me. I, I just maybe thought I was watching the end of a team at that point. I, I, I just thought, is there, is there a longer-term impact to this? Because there was guys hiding all over that pitch, eh? and there's guys that you wanted, maybe we, we've gave them, we wanted, we expected them to step up and do stuff, but nobody's done it. 
see with injuries that we've had, nobody's made a position their own, and it is quite worrying. Um, I've, now look, I bloody enjoy beating Craig Levine at any point, especially being one the hundred at half time and coming back. Uh, that's great. I had a great wee day out. We've got a game on Wednesday night. I'm not really looking too much into it, eh? but there's guys there who today will be worried about their performance yesterday and what it means for them longer term. I'm not worried about it. It's up to the manager now to actually start making any decisions. But I really, really think yesterday we saw the last breath of an Ange Postacoglu Celtic. I really do. I think we could maybe now be gone full Brendan, full, full Brendan after that second half yesterday. Because there was just some things that just didn't work yesterday. Some things, the inverted fullbacks didn't work. The fullbacks gone on the outside didn't work. The two wingers were hiding until Mikey Johnson came on. I, I do think yesterday could be the watershed, uh, the, the watershed moment for a lot of Ange Postacoglu's players. Mm-hmm. I agree with everything you're saying there, Kev, as well. It's it's as if Brendan had just he'd had enough and he's been playing the nice guy for a long time. Maybe a lot of these signings haven't been his and he's been polite. And I think enough's enough because from what I've seen in the pitch at times, there isn't as much fight and they just expect to win games at times as well. Just expect to be getting the ball, expect it to come to them and know as much graft, the hard work. So I was delighted as a fan you never want to see your manager angry, but as a fan, awesome. I, I was delighted to see that a bit of fight in Brendan Rodgers. And like Kev saying, this could be the turning point for us because for over the past few months, it's been stop, start, stop, start. And I for one think there hasn't been enough fight in the team. What were your What was your uh, thoughts on the comments made by Brendan Rodgers at the end of the game? Yeah, uh, you'd like to think so. I remember you saying last week you're you're quite positive usually, and I was thinking even Jerry's going to struggle to find any positives <laughs> yesterday. But do you know what it is? It's it's been coming. Um, I feel like it's been a very stop-start season. Uh, we've we've not been we've not been fluent. We've not been consistent. And look, the the manager takes a bit of blame as well. You know, I I, I like you was was happy to see that reaction from him. Um, I'm I'm happy to see some of the comments he's been making in the last couple of weeks. Because I think since he's came in, he has been di- different from the first time round. I feel he's been a bit more passive, and it's and it's that ruthlessness, and it's that it's that kind of um, you know he he won't accept lower standards. That's what made him so successful the first time round. So it was good to see a bit of fire in his belly yesterday and, and put that statement out. But by the same token, as much as look, these are the players that we've got now until January. We all we've all had discussions in the last week about whether the squad's good enough, and I think we're all in agreement it's not. That being said, we, we've got to stick with this group of players until January now. Is there an argument that we could still be doing better? Should he still be getting more out of the players that we've got at the moment? Um, you know, there is a case for that as well. But yesterday, for me, like Kevin, like you said, there that's one of the worst performances you've seen in a long time. You've been you've been watching Celtic for, for you know for for longer than both myself and Jerry even. Um, and I feel like we've said that a couple of times this season that the performances have been that bad. So we we have to look at why is that? You know, obviously we've we've spoke about the recruitment, we've spoke about the the options available to to Brendan, but we also have to look at why are we starting games so slow? Why are we playing at a tempo which plays right into the hands of a lot of these teams that we're playing domestically? So look, I, I, as you've said, the the halftime comments, him saying that's the angriest he's been. Good, because I think we were all feeling that way. Yeah, that wasn't acceptable yesterday, that first half. The, the important thing is seeing some of those players in the second half, like Sir Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly, you know, they stood up and we managed to get the victory. Now, we're not papering over any cracks, but that was an important win yesterday. By hook or by crook, we had to get those three points. And, you know, with 60 minutes gone, that didn't look likely, but the players and, and the management managed to get that result. And that, for me, is an important, important point that at least we can now try and try and get a consistent run of form and, and look forward to to getting a bit more of, like you say, just a bit of consistency. Like, you know, the last few games, we've not been looking forward to it, even as Celtic fans, because you just the, the team's not giving you that excitement. So I'm hoping this could be the turning point, and I guess we'll see. We've got a game quickly coming around the corner, so let's see how that goes. Yeah, and like you said, we're not going to paper over the cracks. So for the first part of the show here, we're going we're gonna to get right into the first half. We don't like to do it, but we're going to have to analyse them player by player, if we need to. So when it came to Brendan Rodgers saying, I'm going to paraphrase here, Kev, but I think it was along the lines of too many players just expecting the the game to come to them. Now, 
I was speaking to Paul John this morning, thinking, talking about who, what players do you think he was actually talking about? The manager's never going to talk about them individually. Now, my first thought was Yang, but to me, it wasn't a case of Yang was expecting the game to come with him. To me, he was just rubbish on the day. I mean, like, like Paul John said yesterday, it was four times offside in the first half. I mean, I was getting so frustrated that Missy's was going off a nut, and it was like, it was schoolboy stuff at the time. I mean, he was trying really hard. There was one time where he was, I think he got the ball off three players in the space of like 10 seconds. He was running a bit like a heedless chicken because he was trying to redeem himself, I think, because he knew how bad a game he was having. So to me, I don't think he was talking about Yang. He hooked Yang at halftime. Enough said about that one. But who do you think, Kev, if we were going to talk about players individually, who was Brendan talking about? Who do you think isn't up in their game enough? In that first half especially. In that first half, right, you've got to have a look at the two wingers. The two wingers are there. Yang, to get caught that many times off offside, get caught so simply offside that many times. When I'm up the other end, and there's a couple of times like when he gets caught offside, how can you get caught offside in that position? That's a guy that's having a mare. That's a boy whose confidence is completely gone and he doesn't care if it's New York or New Year. He hasn't got a clue what's actually happening. He's low stock confidence. Then I watched Palmer in the setting half. And I'll probably come to Greg Taylor here. There was one point, Palmer in the centre, Greg Taylor got the ball. And I saw Palmer hide behind a defender, not to get the ball. And I'm like, oh, that's no a good thing. And he, Taylor ended up playing a pass and he went out the park. And you could see Taylor standing and going like to him, you're meant to be there. And Rogers tore into him as well, eh? And it was like, it was a whole, the two wingers, especially Palmer towards the end of the game, when he was still on, he started hiding in wide open spaces. It's the, the old Bobby Petter patter where it looks like you want the ball, but there's no way that ball's going to get to you. And I think both wingers were guilty of that yesterday. Palmer's shown that he has got a bit of ability, but I don't think he's got the consistency yet. And I don't know he realises what it actually means to play for Celtic, that you have to be at 100% every single week because some firmer for St. Johnson will hoof you into the stand. That is what's going to happen. It's no all Champions League games. It's no all this and that. You're going to get a big number 44 who's built like a tractor ramming right into you and no gain you any space on the ball. That is what's going to happen. Yang, young laddie, came from South Korea. I don't know the level in South Korea, but the boy's got ability. I'm not going to write him off because he has got ability, but yesterday wouldn't he be one that's going to be on a, any YouTube reel for him anyway, if, like because he was absolutely honking. And he's had a couple of honking games, really, <laughs> where he's been hooked at halftime. And it's maybe just a learning curve with the guy, but then you look what he done against Aberdeen. He absolutely roasted Aberdeen. So there is a player there, but as a player, I think it's going to need to be managed if he's got a long-term future at Celtic. Um, in the midfield, I think the midfield were bullied. I think Callum McGregor was poor. I think Matt O'Reilly was poor in that first half. I think David Turnbull looked like he had checked it. And Turnbull's had a perfect opportunity here over the last three, four, five weeks since Hattati's got injured to actually make that spot, spot alone, spot his own. And it's not and it's no happening. Feel sorry for Kyogo. I really do, because he's getting no service whatsoever. When we dropped Kyogo deep yesterday, what a difference that made. Because right away, Big O came on and actually the, the big coup that they've got at the back, Big O was pinning him, going, No, you're not getting an easy ride now. This is this ball's coming into me and you've got to wrestle me. You've got to actually try and get rid of me because I'm going to hold this bop and, and get others in. Every one of them can have a look at themselves yesterday in that first half and go, why did I actually manage to get past half time? Because we can't make 11 subs. Even the goal. That goal's Sunday league stuff. Absolutely Sunday league stuff. And I'm behind that goal and I'm watching it and I'm going, what are the Celtic players complaining about? What's Joe Hart complaining about? It was your own player that pushed you into the back of the net. It's like, there's no point, there, there, there's no point actually complaining here. I think a lot of them are actually lucky that you couldn't make 11 subs at half time, really. And I think Brendan was having a go at all of them. I mean, I think he was really, really having a go at all of them, apart from Kyogo, because he just could not get involved whatsoever. Um, but aye, I think he was having, and it's quite good to hear Callum McGregor come out and say this morning, getting called soft hearts. Well, that's what we like to hear. Go and prove it then. 
Good. Right, exactly. Let's hope it does put a bit of fire in the belly of them all because watching that first half, it, it was tough for everyone. When you talk about the goal there, Kevin Asim, we'll come to you about this one as well. It was like Keystone Cop moment, wasn't it? It was just so many calamities in one box. You had Matt O'Reilly taking a fresh swipe at it. You had Joe Hart, who, who could have got a punch at it, I think, so he's got to be a bit more muscle behind the ball. And then Greg Taylor just dragging him back into the net. It was an absolute nightmare. Everyone was hoping that VAR was going to pick up on something, but it was... It, it was, was a comedy of errors. It yeah. was, Asmund. Awesome. So, um, what that's was been two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah that's, that's been two weeks. Sorry, on you go. No, carry on, mate. Carry on, I'm rubbish. Just go yeah. for it. <laughs> As I was saying, that's been two weeks in a row now. The, 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 the comedy at the corners, um, it just looks like every time there's a set piece coming in, we look um, susceptible to conceding. Joe Hart didn't cover himself in glory. I think Matt O'Reilly, that you know, that was a terrible attempt at a clearance. He's he's been getting a lot of plaudits this season, and rightfully so. And he came up Trump's second half. But I agree with you, Kev. I think that was a collective dig from from Rogers. I think I don't think anyone could really get past marks in that first half. Um, so I, I don't think it was singled out. And I know Yang's the one that got the hook, but I don't think that was just aimed at him. You know, as having maybe a bad attitude. I think I think with Yang, as you've said, he's he's came from South Korea. He's he's obviously lacking a bit of confidence. He's had two or three game, poor games in the bounce. Um, so I think with wingers, sometimes it happens. You see they, they start hiding and, and not asking for the ball as such. But in terms of the comments about being soft and being bullied, I think that stems right across the spine. And like you say, even the midfield. So you could include the captain in that. You could include Matt O'Reilly in that at the corner. He was soft. The clearance wasn't firm enough. Um, the, the second ball, we didn't react again. Their, their striker was the first one to get it and bundle over the line. You know, Greg Taylor and, and Joe Hart that's two weeks in a row bullied in the in the you know in their own box. So I think it was just a collective point that he made and and, and it was bang on. You know, that, that just wasn't on. I, you can accept sometimes as having poor games, but attitude, that sh- that's that should be a given. You know, we should not be Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Looking like the team that doesn't want it. And that's what it looked like yesterday. It looked like they wanted it more. And, and as he said, they were deservedly ahead. Um, and this is this is a concern because it's been a few weeks in a, in a you know we've we've had a couple one good performance and we follow up with two bad ones and then yesterday was like you say probably the worst of the lot that first half and the worry with us recently has been that when we're chasing a game you don't have the belief uh, we said it in our group chat do we honestly think we're going to have have it in us and have the the players coming off the bench to to turn this around and and that's where we can try and find some positives that you know the, the changes we made. The, the the players like McGregor, Matt O'Reilly then did stand up and we managed to get that victory. And and, and as I said in, the, in my last point, you just hope that's a turning point now because we've had a few instances like this this season where we've had a great performance, hearts away, you know, the motherwell late winner. And you think, right, OK, that will spur us on and we can go on a wee run. But then we follow up with another inconsistent one. So that's that's where, where Brendan needs to, to see what he can do as well to, to maybe tweak, tweak the system maybe or... Like you say, give players like Iwata and O who keep coming on. And even Mikey Johnson yesterday, I thought, was was bright again. It's time to give these guys a chance because, you know, uh, who else have we got now? So you look at the winger options. I don't know if Palmer's, what his kind of injury status is, but I think Mikey Johnson deserves a start. You know, I've been his critic over the, over the years just because I feel like he's had plenty of chances and he's he's not cemented that spot. But if you look at what we've got available at the moment, he's the one that comes on and tries to make things happen. And that's what we need. So let's see that, you know, he it's now down to him to to lay down a marker and start a game and show that he can be equally as, as effective because it's it's fine when you're coming on. Sometimes we've seen that with Haksibanovich last season. 
he was sometimes effective when he came on as a sub. And then when he started games, it was less so. So I think it's a chance for the likes of O, uh, Mikey and, and maybe even Awata to get a start and, and let's see if they can bring a bit more urgency to our, to our tempo. Yeah, and as you've seen in the comment that come up there, there's a lot of people in the comments talking about Awata. I'm a big fan myself, Kev. I think when you look at the build of the boy as well, he looks like an absolute machine. And apart from the odd game, there's, there's not much that he does wrong for me. And a lot of the time he has been played out of position uh, over the past few seasons. So what about yourself? Would you like to see more of Awata? And also, is there any other players you'd like to see utilised a bit more? I've got to give credit yesterday. And uh, this is me not making any comment whatsoever on, on their long-term future at Celtic Football Club. But two guys came on yesterday and completely changed the game, and it was Mikey Johnson and O. Now, we can argue we can argue until it's daylight the more about their future at Celtic, but you can't, you, you couldn't walk out that ground yesterday or finish watching that game. Go, Are they two boys made a difference? They two boys came on and then done the, done the graft and actually got us those three points, got us back into the game. So you've got to have a look, go, well, surely Mikey Johnson maybe earned himself a start. On, on Wednesday night because it's a quick turnaround eh? wingers like confidence you go like that well maybe all deserves a start as well because of the half an hour that he played as well I what is a, a strange one I'm probably not jumping on the bandwagon as much but we've tried everything else in that midfield to try and replace a tie eh? so like, we've tried we're now, we're now running out of options we go well what option we got left well we'll see if you can do it eh? and that break that he made yesterday for the third goal was, was great eh? <clears throat> but he is a number six eh? and I can't remember somebody in the comments I, I will find it eh, I, I will find it when I, when I go back basically says is he, well we believe that he's a number six and that he's never been played so as a number six because Callum McGregor's there and I'm wondering now if this is the time for Brendan to ditch the 4 3 3 and the sort of continuity factor that we had under Postacoglu to go, no, nah, I'm going to revert back to my 4 2 3 1. You bring in Iwata, you, you move Matt O'Reilly further up the park, you drop the two wingers slightly deeper, or, or, or you play Matt O'Reilly back further one eh, and you put Kyogo in the sort of Tommy yeah. Rogic role, which, which was there. And just go, no, nah, this 4 3 3 is no working because we never get any. I hate talking hipster as footballers, I'm right, but there's no overloads anymore because we're that slow with the ball. Anytime the ball goes out wide, you need the winger to, meet, to actually beat two or three men. Whereas under Posta Coglu's side, we were doing everything that quick, we were, there were overloads all over the park. Everything's more studied. It's completely different tactics. And it's time. I think, I think we are actually seeing that the. That team's had a great two year, but I think now that we've got to a point where they're going, and there's major work needed in that team now just to keep it French, eh, fresh. Brown Warrior comes in, and I think that's what kind of hang, hang was it, the rage I think was narcissistic rage because it's taken Brendan until the second half to realise his side is struggling with his tactics. He brings in another defensive midfielder, another striker, and we transformed. He could have a point there. Maybe not the narcissistic bit, but he could have a point with everything else. Aye, I'm not sure about the narcissism, but everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Who knows? Um, I think he's just out of politeness. He was just going with the flow and it wasn't his window. I keep saying that one and I think he was just trying to ride out the storm, but he's finally, he's getting sick of it and I think he snapped like we all did. I mean, there's no narcissism coming from us. I know we're not the manager, but it's like we know what's been on the cards. He's known it himself. He, he's snapping now because I don't think it's just because of that one half, guys. I think it was because a build-up of the, the stop, start, stop, start. And do you maybe think, like, because now every single team pretty much that we're playing in the league, they're setting up to just stop us coming in. And do you think our players are getting sick of that and they're just like, oh, they're not going to try as hard now or like, oh, here we go again? Is that mentality? They're puffed out with it and they just needed that spark up their backside. But... I think we all agree it was one of the worst halves we've seen and we're hoping that this is going to be the fire in the belly that we need now moving on. So before we move on to some more positive stuff, I just want to kind of focus on one more player because uh, I don't know if you've seen my Twitter, guys. I made one comment yesterday and it set my Twitter alight and it was pretty much 50-50 down the middle. So let me explain why I put it up. So I, all I wrote was, Joe Hart won us that game, right? 
game, bang, boom, explosion. <laughs> so half of the people were like, no, he needs to go, um, don't paper over the cracks, that he could have lost as the game in the first half, blah, blah, blah. I get where everyone's coming from. When I'm saying he won as that game, if he hasn't made that save at the end, it's a draw. We don't go up the score, uh, up the field and score again. It's a draw, right? That's why he won as that game. Credit where credit's due. In my opinion, he, he deserves the credit because for, for months I've been saying on here, the reason we didn't need a new goalkeeper is because Joe Hart never wins his points by himself. It rarely happens. To me, I felt he got his those points at the end. Yes, was it fault for the first goal? Of course. But was half the team at fault for the first goal? Aye. So I stick by what I'm saying. Joe Hart won us that game yesterday. Got us those three points. Yes, the, and somebody said to me, but he's paid to do that. Callum McGregor, O'Reilly and someone else. And then Forrest won us the game. And I'm like, aye, but they're paid to do that as well. So for me, Joe Hart was brilliant to do that. However, I still believe we need a new goalkeeper because we're getting sick to death of him not basically commanding his area. He could have got to that yesterday, I feel, if he'd just come out a bit. He's almost went to punch it. I don't know if you've noticed, and then just kind of hesitated. Get yourself in about. The goalkeeper's usually going to get um, the referees, well, the Celtic right enough, maybe no, but I just feel it's time for, in January, to get more competition, to get one of our goalkeepers out and a new one in. Um, Asim, we'll come to you on that one. What's your thoughts on the whole Joe Hart situation, the save he made yesterday and the future at Celtic? Yeah, I don't think that the two points need to be mutually exclusive. Like I think you're, you're bang on. It was a, a very important save at uh, an important time because you've seen that. We've, we've lost late goals in the last, you know, twice this season we've lost late goals. Um, and, and one of the times, obviously, Motherwell away, we managed to recover it. But um, it was a big save at a big moment. But that being said, he's he's been at fault for a lot of goals lately. So I, I think the two points can be said. There needs to be balance, as always. Um, he's, he's, I think he's been a, a great servant for us. He's had a good couple of years. But you can see gradually this season and even towards the tail end of last, he, he is making more errors. Um, you've seen in the Fire Road game this season, uh, the, the Motherwell game last week. So there are, there are he, he is making more errors, which are now costing us as well. And as you've said, there are not many occasions now where you feel he's single-handedly saved us points. Yesterday being an exception in, in the sense that, yeah, it was, it was probably the last kick of the ball. Uh, had they scored that, it would have been very unlikely for us to go up and, and get another winner. So credit to him. It was a big save. You know, he's, he's playing in a team where he doesn't have to do a lot most of the game. Um, and what you need with, with that kind of situation is keepers who, when they're called upon, full of concentration and can make the big saves. And I think, you know, by and large, he's been, he's been good for us. But I just feel over the last year, that there are becoming a lot more errors. So 100%, I think it's an area that we need to be looking at. Um, ideally, I, don't, I think we all probably can see it won't be January. It'll probably be summer before we get someone new in to take that that spot. But I'd, I'd hope we're doing our you know, our searches and, and getting that in place now in, in January and looking ahead because it's a position that we all thought we should have fixed in summer. There's a number of positions that we've all uh, felt we should have addressed and we just haven't. And you can see that it's beginning to cost us. So, look, I'm with you. Brilliant credit where it's due. But um, I agree with a lot of the fans who, who think his, his time is up uh, or should, will be up soon. Cheers. Kev, there's a lot of heat on Joe Hart. Just now you can see with the comment coming up, there's folk won't budge and it's their opinion quite rightly. So, what about yourself, mate? What's your thoughts on Joe Hart? Uh, yes, it was a match-man and save. It was a save that he should have made. But yes. yes, it was a match one and safe. Um, and there is a comment here that I'm going to bring up, which is a very, very good point. Uh, I love this. Kev's on the comments. I'm on the comments. Aye, that's why I've still got my glasses on. Do you know what this is like, lads? You know how Paul John's daft enough to leave us in charge, right? It's like, you know, when you get one of those the substitute teacher that's coming in and everyone's like, ah, we'll get away when we want, right? So we'll just, talk about this for about half an hour and then we'll just have a laugh, right? Just, just play kerplunk <laughs> for the rest of the class. I've got a bad jokes, mate. <laughs> My ball, Joe Hart saved AJ's blosses too. Atros is defending by him before the save. If you actually watch Celtic's unique footage... Where do you see the pathetic attempt that Alistair Johnson makes to try and stop the boy going down the line? It is rank rotten. Really, the two fullbacks didn't have a good game yesterday. The two fullbacks didn't have a good, had a good game yesterday. Um, I think that's been, over the last couple of weeks, have they been great? 
be fullbacks, eh? and I think they're struggling. I think they are really, really struggling yeah. with the slow nature of the game and them gone inside and there's no space inside. And I, I do think that we need to maybe start ripping it up and starting again. But Joe Hart, I'm in, I've got a fit in both camps. He's got six months left on his contract. I think we should have brought in a goalkeeper in the summer because he's got six, because he's in the final year of his contract. I was overjoyed for him when we, we James went up the park and scored because the first person I looked at was him and he was gone mental uh, with the Celtic fans behind the, behind the goals. The final whistle, we Stevie Woods was on the park cuddling him and that as if to go, that's what that's what you're here for. He's 36, he's a good shot stopper. I'm very, very glad that we've had Joe Hart over the last... I'm glad that Joe Hart's been a Celtic player. That's about all I can say, but everybody's time comes to an end. That's just life. That doesn't mean that we can't appreciate what we've got and what we had. But the fact is, he's 36, but he's gone into the last six months of the con- in his contract. I would hope that the powers that are be are looking for a replacement. That's But that's just the natural turn of football. Absolutely, mate. And you're right. I mean, he's been a great servant for the years that we've had him. And remember when he first came as well, we've got to remember how bad the goalkeeper situation was. When he made his first save, which was literally, I think he just caught it, and the place erupted. It was like we'd scored a goal. That's mm-hmm. how bad their goalkeeping situation before he's come in, steadied the ship. He's been a great servant. And I'd be sad to see him go, but it would be the right thing, like you said. So let's move on to some more positive stuff. Two seconds, Jared. Two seconds, Jared. I'm, I'm going to bring in a comment here. There's no way we're signing that Ukrainian Real Madrid goalkeeper. No way. This guy, eh? Aye. Connor, hopefully you've got a hangover and you're just a wee bit like, <laughs> a, a wee bit Man United here, but there's no way we're paying 12 million quid for a Ukrainian goalkeeper. No way. I'm still waiting for my call-up, Kev. I think it's maybe lost in the post, but let's see. Let's see how it goes. So we've got. I just had another wee point, Jerry. Um, just about just to, just to just to kind of finish off on, on the weekend in terms of going over the St John's one. Just it's more about just the tactics you mentioned, Kev, earlier that you're you know it could be the beginning of the end of the the Angira almost and the players and the style of play. But for me, a lot. I'm, I'm I, for me, I think that tactic that Ange had and the, the way we used to play. I know he's he's gone now, you know, but I feel that's that was what's most effective for us domestically. When we were starting games fast and we we're playing at high tempo, quick throw-ins, quick corners, that's what works domestically against these teams that are inferior to us. And I feel like we've now we're, we're so much slower. Our intensity is not there. We start games slower. I know that Brendan Rodgers' style is a lot more measured. It's a lot more slower possession-based, which I actually think going forward in Europe may be more effective when yes. you need more of the ball. Mm-hmm. But domestically, I think it's the opposite because it gives teams like St Johnston and managers like um, Martindale and Levine, it gives them and their team players time to get back in shape. It's slower, it's more measured, and that's what they want. Whereas before, when we we're playing quick, it, you know, our quality will then shine through. So a lot of the times you've seen last season, the game would be done by 60 minutes. We'd be two or three up, and that's it. We've done the hard work, and then we'd slowly manage the game out. Whereas now I feel we're often having to chase a game and we're relying on bits of quality to maybe win us the game in the second half. And I think that's a, a lot more risk, you know, a lot more risky domestically anyway. Whereas I, I would like to see us start a lot quicker. Now, obviously, they're both different styles of play. They both got that. But I wonder if that's something that's, that's that the players are having to adjust to and get used to. And it's why we're struggling domestically, because it just seems a lot more laboured. I'm, I'm going to say something, Azam. I still think we'll be having the same conversation if Ange Postacoglu was still there. I still think we'd be having the same conversation. Because of the the recruitment in the summer, we're coming back off a treble winning season and like it or lump it, and we can can talk about the quality of the coaches in the Scottish League. They would have worked out how to stop Postacoglu's side as well. And they would have been sitting that deep as well. And I still think we'd be having the same conversation. Doesn't matter who's there. And when you say that, Kev, there's a lot of people do talk about the, the last couple of months of the Postacoglu era and we weren't playing great football at times and it was slowing down a little bit. And, but obviously we'd won the title by then, so you could you could argue it was uh, yeah. just complacency, nothing really left to fight for. But great points there, Aston, that you're making because it has felt like we've gone from a team where we've won the game by the 60th minute and now we're not really coming into a game until about the 60th minute at times. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's, things do need to change. We all agree that. Who knows, Kev, are we going to get this total change in tactics? Is it going to be the end of any Angira, everything gone, or is it going to be some more slow football up until the January transfer window? Who knows? Let's, what's that, mate? I'm getting a bit of heat in the comments here, but, yes. I, 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 but, that, but that, that's fine. Uh, uh, Put that up yourself. Let's see it. I, no, no. It's quite, they did work out, Anstead. The last few games under him were awful. We blame that. We blame that on the players knowing Poster Coggle was leaving. Yeah. We thing we with that. Mikey Boy, slow possession based domestic ridiculous. No way we'd be struggling like this under Anstead. I disagree with Kev. I think there is two. Parallels here. I think we wrote off the end of last season is actually gone. Everybody can't post a coglu was out the door. The player, the players had chucked it. We had won the league with, six, with five, six games to go. We only had a Scottish Cup final against uh, Inverness to actually go. But we were poor. We were poor. There's probably only, if you look back on it, right, there's probably only two great games that we played for February uh, under yeah. Poster Coglu towards the end of last season. And I think we've just Maybe we've just got to accept, maybe we've just got to accept that we're going to struggle in games against teams at Parker Bus and it is not going to be absolutely sexy to watch all the time. But we're going to control the majority of the games, but just hopefully, hopefully, eh, it's not as poor as yesterday's first half. We can't go back to that. Again. You, you, can't, you can't get any worse. But the good thing is, the positives that we need to take about it everyone, out of it, everyone is... We've not got the best team just now, we know that. We're struggling, but we're still grinding out these results in the league. We need to once we get to January and we get some more quality in, then hopefully we'll it'll be a bit more plain sailing. Anyway, I want to speak about our captain now. So Callum McGregor, that goal. All right, let's let's just go with the Callum McGregor goal here. There was a lot of venom in that strike, and also I would say in his celebration, maybe not not so much venom, but passion. That meant a lot to him. You could see the anger in him, couldn't you? And we'll go to yourself. Who did I ask first? This is, I never know how Paul John does this. He always remembers whose turn it is. <laughs> whose turn is it? <laughs> ask, right, Kev, we'll go with you, Mama. Eh, ask him. <laughs> ask him, you go. What <laughs> <laughs> question did you ask him? Right. Um, yeah. Look, Callum, Callum's uh, not had his best season. I think we can all agree. He's um, he struggled for form. You know, he had that brilliant game at Ibrox, but that aside, he struggled to think of many games. He's taken by the scruff of the neck and, and been at his best, but he's been a consistent performer for us for years, so I've been a wee bit hesitant to criticise him too much um, and call for him to come out of the team or whatever. But yesterday, again, first half, I thought he was really poor in possession, but that's what Callum can bring you. You've seen that drive in the second half. You've seen his his, his passion and emotion in the celebration you know, he'll, have, he'll know that he's not been playing well. He'll know that him and the team are coming under criticism. And you felt he almost let that out with that, that strike. It was a really sweet strike and, and the celebration. And him and, and the other kind of senior players, I felt yesterday, dug us out, you know, because you look around and it wasn't looking great. But by hook or by crook, we managed to we managed to play some decent football after once we got back in the game yesterday. I thought the move even for the second goal was great. But yeah, for Callum... I think he needed that, and I think we needed that from him. You know, we needed him to to show up and really influence a game again, um, and hopefully that will do his his. You know, he's, all players are confidence players, and naturally he'll have, he'll have felt the dip in form and he'll have felt the criticism. Um, you seen there was a picture doing the rounds of him and Brendan having a nice embrace. I think at the end of the game yesterday as well, and you just hope that's the springboard now. You you just hope that is the turning point for. Like you say, a few of the players for the management, just for the for the feeling around the club, because it's not been a great couple of weeks. You know, it's it's not it's been doom and gloom. There's been a lot of difficult discussions, a lot of difficult topics that we've we've all discussed in in great detail. But you just felt yesterday, at least the fact that we managed to turn that round. You've seen the players celebrating at the end. You just feel they can now take that on and and be spurred on by the likes of Callum. Who obviously was the catalyst and us getting back in the game. So no, I was pleased for him, and you just hope he can now get a, a run of form. You know, we we all know how many games of football he's been playing, and you just wonder if that's kind of taken its toll on him as well recently. Um, he, he needs a hand in there in that midfield area, as you said. We've we've not really had that third midfielder that cemented that spot. Maybe the likes of Awata coming in that could be something that we can look at. You know, extra legs in there. Um, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see what we go with, but yeah, I, w- I was pleased for him, and I, w- I was I was enjoying his uh, his celebration as well. Yeah, Kev, like you could say that Callum McGregor's goal came at the exact right time, um, 
he was he hasn't had the best season, like Asim said. And I think we all know it's because I jinxed him because when Paul John was asking who you think is going to be player of the season, I said Callum McGregor. But what do you think? What do you think is the real reasons, mate? Is it is it just a, a mixture of things? Is it the change of the change of manager? Is it the, the change of the players that are around him with all the injuries? Because look at me, sparked into life in the second half after saying that Brendan Rodgers has had a pop. So is he just as guilty as the rest of them, or is has his play dipped because of what's been happening around him? What do you think, Kev? Well, I need to sit on the I need to sit on the fence. The fence here. I mean, he he grabbed the grain by the scuff of the neck yesterday with a goal. His celebration it showed that he still absolutely cares and wasn't. He probably feels feels it more than anybody. But like a lot of the team, the way Brendan sets up his side is it makes it easy to take the easy option at times and no take that by the scruff of the neck and go forward. And I think he's been maybe that's part of it as well. Just the slower style maybe shows more of this wee things that are now missing in his game because he is getting that slightly older. Um, he hasn't got that when Brendan was there the first time, he hasn't got that dynamicism which was there the first time. Uh, under Poster Coglu, we keep, we keep on mentioning Poster Coglu, but it wasn't as noticeable that he had maybe lost that wee yard yard of, uh, that wee quickness of touch, yard of space, yard of pace that he could get because everything was chaotic. And now that everything's slowed down, you, re you realise that, you're going, well, just like the rest of them, there's an easy ball. There's always an easy ball. Whereas the previous manager would have shouted, didn't he take the easy ball? I want to go forward, I want to go on this. Now every one of them's gone, look, I can take a touch here, have a look, nothing's on and play it back. And I think that's a bit of a problem. And and I think McGregor has been part of that, but that comes to the manager. That comes to the manager telling them how he wants to play. And the they're no negative tactics. They're pragmatic, very very pragmatic tactics. Uh, yes, doesn't he make it great to watch? At times, it's not going to make it great to watch. At times, and I think the players, including Callum, are suffering for that quite a bit. Um, if you look, I mean, who's their top goal scorer? Is it still a midfielder? Is it still... O'Reilly? the comments, if anyone knows, I think it might still be O'Reilly after that one yesterday. I'm not too sure, though. Domestically, anyway. Yeah, I'm sure it's Matt O'Reilly domestically. Um, but you're right, Kev. I, I think we're playing far too safe, and, and Callum's mm -hmm. included in that. You know, you like to see your midfielder get on the half turn, turn and face forward and that's something that we used to see from him um, and it's something that I know you mentioned, you said we, we mentioned him a lot but it's it's a very recent example that under Ange we insisted that we do not pass, he insisted that we do not pass the ball backwards, he was adamant you remember the rant he had against I think it was Morton or Wraith in one of the cup games a couple of years ago and you could hear him visibly shouting at the players when one of them passed it back so it just seems like we've gone from that kind of style to a much more measured, safe, cautious approach, which is keeping the ball at all costs, which, as I said earlier, I think might suit as well in Europe. But domestically, it does. It just makes the games a lot slower. And you see the, the midfield, we're playing the sidewards, safe pass rather than turn, look for the through ball. And, and as a result, the likes of Kyogo, our forward players, are, are suffering because he's he's making runs sometimes and we're just not seeing it. So he's getting frustrated. And then you see when he's on, the, when he's when he's got a half chance, he's, he's sometimes now snatching at them because he's getting such few touches on the ball. As soon as O comes on yesterday... Kyogo then drops, and I think this is something I'd like to see going forward maybe for the Hibs game. Play the two of them, because I think Kyogo's actually a very good link-up player. I think he's, he's got a great way to pass. It was another great pass yesterday for, for Matt O'Reilly. I think we can see that, and that can really flourish. It might not get as many goals for Kyogo, but I think it will get the best of the team. And Oza, you know, he's a, he's a good focal point. It'll allow Callum to then try and play a wee bit. You know, we've got different options in. Um, so I'd like to see see us try something different that will get the best out of all the players, including Callum. And I think maybe a change of shape or or getting the likes of Kyogo dropping deeper, and then hopefully Callum can find more forward passes to the likes of him, him and Matt O'Reilly. He's an intelligent footballer, Kyogo. You noticed that with the wee layoff to Matt O'Reilly for Matt O'Reilly's goal, and when he was dropping deep, he knows he knows football. He knows, he's not just a goal scorer, he, know, he knows what to do in that kind of deep position. He's got a wee bit of playmaker instinct about him as well, eh? yeah. and that would work. 
there as well. But if we didn't move the ball quick enough, sometimes it's just no. I mean, one of the biggest differences in the second half just to be more direct and the ball was getting moved quicker. Still not as quick as what we would actually, we would actually like, but you've got Mikey Johnson being direct on one side. I mean, that fullback must have thought he was going to be in for an easy game. You bring on Johnson, the fullback, well, he's running at me. He's turning me, and he Johnson was creating space for Matt O'Reilly to break for the break for the back. But I think I think McGregor is paying for the Rogers style of play, and I think I think the stats there and these the, the stats guys will point point out if Rogers thinks it can be the same Carl McGregor that he was four years ago, then that's not going to happen. If we think he can be the same Carl McGregor that he was four years ago, that's not going to happen. But he still popped up yesterday with a very, very important goal. But I think everybody's up for grabs. Where we want to go as a f- football club, I think everybody's up for grabs. And I'm looking forward to Hibs on Wednesday night. I'm not really looking forward to Hibs on Wednesday night. They expect it to be a swashbuckling performance. No, I think, I think we're actually new in transition. Uh, and I didn't want to admit that. But the mere and mere the weeks go on. Yes, I think Europe's been a massive, massive cupper in the face to Oilers. And we've mm. got to kind of accept that it's time to move on. And these players have been brilliant. But if we want to improve, everybody's up for grabs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully we will see something different against Hibs. I'm hoping so. And like you're both saying, when, when the likes are all come on, I think he's earned his place now. Like he's, every time he's come on, I think especially recently, he's he's, he's earned it. Give him a shot and play Kyogo with him because the game opens up. I feel like we're a lot better when we've got both of them on the part. We're creating a lot more chances. So it's something I would definitely want to see. I think energy-wise on the pitch, and I don't like to just hark on about players we don't have, but for me, Maida's been a huge loss. I think the energy that he brings to the team as well. They all seem to have dipped. As well, when you've got someone like that in the team, just just running and running, even lost chances, he's still going for it, and you can see you can see the energy levels have dipped. And I'm hoping with some new, more quality coming in in January, we're going to see a a lot better fight. What I hope as well is that that team talk Brendan Rodgers gave at half time, the anger. I hope that carries on into the next match, and it's not just a case of all right that fired them up for one half. Because if we start that match against Hibs at the same type of pace. That's going to be worrying. That's going to be really worrying. So, fingers crossed, we're going to see a new Celtic come Wednesday, lads. Do you think? No. <laughs> Slightly better. No. I want, I want. I want to see a better version, but you only see a new Celtic because we need a change of personnel or a change of mentality within some of the players that haven't been used. I mean, you could see guys coming in, but it seems to be a scattergun approach by Rodgers. Eh? Like, one week Bernardo comes in, one week Oden Holm comes in, then it's Turnbull, then there doesn't seem to be there doesn't seem to be any consistency here. So I'm no holding out hope for a massive improvement of, but it is what we've got and we've got to support what we've actually got and we've got to hope Rodgers gets it right. I mean, I, I want them to actually change formation. I, I want them to go to the, the 4 2 3 1 again. And either in that one behind in the Rogic role, either should be Kyogo or O'Reilly. And he needs to bring in another sitter. And either sit O'Reilly back there with Callum McGregor. Because O'Reilly done that last season and folks say, oh, he didn't really have a, a decent one. But if you've got two sitting there, one goes, one sits. And there's a bit of difference. Uh, I think really that based on the second half yesterday, Owen Mikey Johnson have got to start, but Owen needs to start with Kyogo. Mm-hmm. And Kyogo yeah. needs to start with O because they look not too bad together, eh? So yeah. he's got to find a way of getting they two on the park because O can pin the defenders back, he can fire the ball into him. Kyogo hasn't got that. And that's what Rogers likes. You look what Rogers had with Dembele, even Griffiths to an extent, and Edward. He could pin defenders back, he could fire the ball into him, he could do that. That's known Kyogo's skill set. So, but he's got, it's an old skill set, maybe not to the same standard, but that's for time to tell. But we need to get Kyogo more involved into the game, and that's dropping him slightly deeper for him to get involved. And I want to see that happening. If it fails, it fails. But if I want to, I want to see, I want to see them having a go at it. 
Aston, do you agree with that? Yeah, I a hundred percent. I think I'm actually looking forward to Wednesday. Um, I just you just hope, like I said earlier, you just hope that's now the turning point. The players that we've got are the players that we've got. As as Cave says, you know, the, there is a, a lack of depth and quality. We know that. But you've seen a few weeks ago, we turned out a, a really good performance against Aberdeen at home 6-0. So we've got a good performance in us. It's the consistency that's been lacking because we can go from that to then a, an absolute turgid couple of displays since, which is the Motherwell and then um, half of yesterday. So I think it's just we don't know what Celtic's going to turn up. But I'm looking forward to Wednesday because I feel like I feel like we will see Mikey Johnson from the start. And I think a lot of fans now want to see that. And it's it's mad to even say that. I think we spoke about it last week, but who'd have thought at the start of the season we'd be saying, I'm looking forward to seeing Mikey Johnson start. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And he's, you know, I seen his interview after the game yesterday and he's almost, he's aware this is his last chance. I think he said those words again. He goes, it's almost like it's my last chance. So I want to see him come out and, and really give it a good go. Um, as Cave says, I would I want to see O and Kyogo link up together. I think that's something that we can look forward to, to seeing and, it's, it's more exciting to watch um, and I just hope we see a bit more energy in the performance and I, I've got a feeling we will you know I could be wrong but I've just got a feeling that after yesterday after those comments and it, to be honest it's like I said earlier Rogers isn't blameless but he's also playing you know it's a risky game he's calling the players out you know these are the players that he's got to rely on now from now on until January so let's see what the players are made of because some of them could easily down tools knowing that their futures are, are you know uncertain or they can come out and try and prove a point. And that's what it seemed like yesterday's halftime rant did. Some of them came out and, and shown what they're capable of. So you just hope those that have got that kind of mentality will now take that forward going into these coming games. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I just I, I think we needed yesterday. We needed that. We needed the, the turnaround. We needed the manner of the turnaround just to give us a bit of a lift. And hopefully you, you'll see that. I don't know what the situation is with with the crowd and stuff in terms of the Green Brigade and that, but um, you're just hoping there'll be a bit more of a, a less toxic atmosphere on, on Wednesday and, and the fans can kind of get behind the team. And the team can give the fans something to get behind as well. So, you know, let's hope so. It's a springboard for a, a bit more positivity going forward. Absolutely, mate, absolutely. So, to sum it up, we had a rubbish first half, better second half, and don't do the same to us on Wednesday. If you put in the comments who you think, if you think it should be Kyogo and O starting, let us know. Or a bit more uh, controversial, should O start ahead of Kyogo on Wednesday? Let us know your thoughts. Kev's going to bring up some of the comments as we go. So, what, play Awata and Kalma, why not? Why not indeed, Terry? Why not indeed? Let's see how it goes on Wednesday night. Awata must start, if not. If not, why not? Exactly. Why not? I'm a fan. I'd like to see. Why not? Because see, when you look at it with the midfield, he's already kind of touched on this today. It's like a scattergun approach, as I'm like you're saying, because I think Brendan Rodgers just thinks they're all pretty much the same level, you know. So it's just yeah. He obviously trusts Bernardo for the Champions League. He seems to yeah. play Bernardo whenever it comes to Europe, but then he's nowhere to be seen domestically. Home got a few domestic starts, didn't really do much, and he's came out. Iwata scored at Tynecastle, hasn't featured since comes on yesterday and does well. I think Brendan doesn't know himself, you know, who's nobody cemented that spot. But for me, out of the ones, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing a bit more of Iwata. The other position which is baffling is not not in terms of starting because it's been Scales and Carter Vickers, but where's Noroki and where's Lagerbielka? Why, is, why are we keeping Phillips as the option who's obviously not going to be here probably post-January? So I, that, that one confuses me because apparently Noroki's been training for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, he's not even making match to his squads, so it's another kind of confusing one. Mm-hmm. It is a strange one. There was a lot of talk. I don't know how true it is, Kev. I don't know if you know much about it. That it might even have been you saying it, Kev, that brought it up. That might be in Phillips' contract um, that he has to be on at least the bench or play a certain amount of games. I think it was you that said that, Kev. Eh? Me, aye, but that was just me making that up. Eh? That was I love that. I made stuff up all the time. <laughs> yeah, that was just me. Like there could be something in it, though. Because it seems to be part of certain loan deals that he's got to that it's written into a contract that they have to play a certain amount of games or they have to be in certain match day squads or something like that. It's all to do with the fee that you pay and the amount of wages or something. It's it's a bit right. I, that's the only reason I can think about it. I mean that should we have brought him on for the last ten minutes yesterday? Because we knew what St Johnson were going to do, yeah. but he brought on Iwata. Um 
Aye, it is quite, quite weird. I mean, Lagerbielka was rushed into a Celtic career, rushed into a starter one, and he's probably no recovered from the couple of games that he did play, then he got injured, then he got sent off against Feyenoord and mm. stuff like that. So he's probably still in the manager's bad books for for that reason. And then maybe he's maybe maybe protecting them. Who knows? But it doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it, and... What really annoyed what really annoyed me yesterday about the two centre halves was the amount of times they've got space to step in and they've only there. Mm-hmm. The amount of times you just go, give give the opposition something else to think about, go like that to them. Because opposition know they're going to come so far then they're going to lay it wide. No, when you get that far, just keep on going. Give them something else to actually think about going, oh, he is going to keep on going. The amount of times scales gets into a great position then panics or no panics and goes, no, I need to keep the ball and I'll, I'll go wide instead of just going, I'm going to drive on here and see if I can create a bit of chaos. Eh? Eh, I think I think we need that as well. But aye, the two centre-halves, they've spent close to £8 million on the bay for them and they're nowhere to be seen. So that is extremely worrying. Is it worrying? I don't know, but it's it's a question that actually need it's a question that actually needs answered. Eh? But saying that, I mean, Nairoki could actually appear on the bench on Wednesday night. Lagerbielka could appear on the bench. Bernabe might start on Aye. Wednesday because we 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 can't predict what Rogers is going to going to do at any point. The midfield's a strange one. The midfield is a really really strange one. I mean, Bernardo, Owen, Iwata all look really really. Ex- extremely tidy football players but then you go they didn't look outstanding football players and I didn't really ken what their strengths are so far because they've been in and out the team and it's been fleeting but you can see that they've got a great touch you can see that the, the, the reason why they're at Celtic but I just didn't understand the purpose why they're at Celtic yet and there's a few players like that in that team I can I can see why you're there but what's your purpose of being there and a couple of players have got to find that purpose before or it's going to pass them by. The opportunity that they've got is going to pass them by. And guys like Tilio, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me on Wednesday night to see home starting. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Aye. Because that seems to be, I think he started the last home game home game as well. Eh? I, I don't know. I, I think there's a, I think everybody's just got a wee bit of doubts and we're eight points clear. Eh? Yeah, it's, that, it's- that's that, the crazy that part. is really, really strange, but that's where they are as a support. Aye, that, that's the crazy part about it. So we're still eight points clear, but we know as fans that it's just not good enough. Um, yeah. Not good enough in Europe by far, we know that, but domestically, we're not great. So hopefully we've, we've turned a corner with Brendan getting a wee bit angry because players are no bit used to that. Do you think he shouted or do you think it was a Brendan type of angry? So the words he used were harsh or do you think he goes in there and I, I don't see him as a scream or a shouter, do you? It's your, it's your pal, Jerry. You should know. What did he, what did he tell you when you let him that free kick? Did he shout? Well, no. It was really comp- actually. He just glossed over it. What he did say was so. He, he said, "Well done for catching that corner." That was <laughs> <laughs> all the other stuff was forgotten about. Well done for catching the corner. So, as you know, Paul John Dykes, everybody couldn't be here today. I was going to make up a reason that he wasn't here. Something really bad, like he's handcuffed himself outside Celtic Park with an inflatable shark because of that performance in the first half. But as we, as we all know, he's he's doing a lot of work behind the scenes, eh, Kev, when it comes to the charity work, all the events, and just basically growing Axum. So he's away out doing that. If you haven't bought a ticket yet, you've got the Johan Mialbe gig, which is on the 18th of December at Gracie's Bar. I think there's still a few tickets online. The link is below. Kev's going to, if you have any more comments, you can bring up and ask them. I just wanted to spend a wee bit of time with you. Since you're new to the show, just ask you, oh, don't look shocked, mate. Don't look scared. And just basically say, what was, you, what was your first ever Celtic game <laughs> that you went to? I wanted to ask you that the other day. Do you remember it? It was a, a Paul McStay testimonial against Manchester United, and it was—I I don't remember a thing because it was the foggiest night you'll 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 ever get. Um, yeah, my dad took me and my brother and sister. That was our first game, um, so I must have been about six. Um, and then got my first season ticket when I was ten. So it was the it was the year after um, we won, we stopped. Uh, it was the year after Wim Janssen won the title. So it was, uh, I think it was Joseph Inglis. I think it was that season we had as manager. 
So that was my first year as a as a season ticket holder, and I've been going ever since. Um, so so many memories over the years. Uh, me and my dad have been going for twenty odd years now. So, but I, my first ever game was the Paul McStay testimonial. Fantastic. I mean, what about you, Kev? Did you get to see James McGrory play at your first one? Or? Cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not that old, mate. Um, what was your first ever game that you went to? Capolo 1982. Frank McGarvey scored two goals. I can't remember it. What I can remember, and I always thought it was old Muirton Park that I went to, but what I can remember is the stand having like blue. And I've kind of worked it out with well, my dad. We worked it out. The Dundee United team bus went past us when we were going down to Greenock because they were going to Kilmarnock. And I've worked it out the day that they went to Kilmarnock, we were at Capolo. So that must have been that day, and it was in 1982, Frank McGarvey scored two goals. The first game I can really remember from start to finish is the... I can remember Dundee United. I can remember snippets at that point. Hey, you've got to remember. I mean, I was 48 yesterday, so you've got to remember I was only five or six there. Eh? Aye. Was your birthday yesterday? It was my birthday yesterday, aye. How do you think I got an away game? <laughs> oh mate, I didn't know happy birthday for yesterday, mate. Um, so I can remember snippets. I can remember Aberdeen beating us at Celtic, but I can remember Dundee United tanking us at Celtic Park and Davy Dodds jumping the bar, the barriers, running past the wee blue cars and gone like that to the Celtic support and that. But the first game I can actually remember from start to finish is the '85 Cup final. That's the first game I can remember from start to finish. But I can remember we snippets before that. Eh? So, aye. I've been gone. Similarly, I was at Pataudry before then. Similarly, I was at Pataudry in 81, 80, 80, 81. My mom and dad took me to Pataudry because the supporters bus used to stop in our broth. So, <laughs> but I can't remember being at Pataudry. Can't remember it. Can't remember it, no. See, see, my first one, folk will be shocked at this, right? So, mine... Now, bearing in mind, I've had a bit of a, a crazy past, so I was in, away doing, doing my thing, so I wasn't conscious enough, really, to go to Celtic games. My first one was a Champions League game, my first ever Celtic game against Copenhagen, and that's how recently it was, because uh, I don't like to say his name, but Kenny Miller scored the penalty for us. That's how recent, that was my first ever game, and then I've just not stopped since then. Once then, that was I was stuck behind one of the restricted view pillars, yeah. And I fell out with all my mates because that's where they made me sit. But I, that was my first one. And sure you see was that, mate? I'm sure we qualified at the group that season. It was when we had the, I think that was the year when Naka scored against Man U. So it was... Um, I, was, that the same, was that the same season, aye? If it's the 1-0 game, I'm thinking. Uh, was it 1-0? Aye, and it was a penalty and it was a really bad penalty. penalty. He's gone like aye, that after. Even he knew it was bad. But yeah, how impressive was that that I managed to kill four minutes there? Just by asking you about your your first experience, I've got a question for you. We'll take we'll take we'll go to John Mulaney. Right. right, here's a question for you. Is there any any more Celtic class players? Is there any more Celtic class players, or are we too quick to sell? So, right, how would it work? <laughs> so does that mean... <laughs> right? Uh, do we, do we sell players too quick now? And is there oh, anybody in that squad who are Celtic class? Whatever the mythical Celtic class is. I says last week, the only three that I would keep going forward and I would look to upgrade everywhere else would be Cameron Carter, Vickers, O'Reilly and Atai. I would look look to upgrade everywhere else. But the chances are of us keeping Atati O'Reilly yeah. and even Cameron Carter Vickers for a long period is yeah. slim. Mm-hmm. Are you going to the problem lies? Sorry, mate, go for it, Asim. I think that's where the problem lies is you, you get a couple of years usually out of your, your promising players who can really you can really Base your team around, and then Mirovsky. You know, like uh, you, you see that in the past when it was Edward or Van Dyke or, or Victor Wanyama, and and now even now it's you know Hatati and O'Reilly. How long can we keep these guys? So it's really hard to then build a, a really strong team because as soon as as soon as you're getting there, you start losing. So I think why I was why I and so many fans were excited under Ange was you felt we could start doing that. We had a nucleus of a a, a good group of players and a, and a manager. 
But within two years, you look, Jota's gone um, and the manager's gone and now Hatati's next to be linked away. So it's, it's very hard to do. In terms of who we've currently got, I think I would agree Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, I still would put McGregor in there. If he, I just feel like we're we're lacking another midfielder of, of real quality and to, to help him out. Matt O'Reilly um, and uh, Hatati. Kyogo, I, I agree with you, we can upgrade on, but I still think he's Celtic class, if, you know, whatever that means. I still think he's he's more than capable. You know, he scored two Champions League goals this season in a, in a pretty poor team. Um, so I think with the right service and players around him, he's he, you know he he'd be added to that list. I I agree with you all on that one. But I think with the Kyogo his age thing as well, because um, he's a lot older than people realise at the time. See if a couple of months ago I would have put Alistair Johnson into that, but just recently, I'm not saying the jury's out because he's a great player, but I don't know. There's something recently I don't feel he's the same player but that's something they can talk about on another show with Paul John Dykes and by the way it makes this look easy boys doesn't it <laughs> it really makes this look easy uh, you'll be glad to know that Paul John will be back on the show tomorrow I might never be back on again after this one <laughs> um, I, I've really enjoyed being on with you lads and uh, thanks for making it a little bit easier because I've just let you do all the talking um, so um, from myself here I, from the two lads <laughs> Kev, you do the shit. You do the the cheerio, actually. You do it. I, I do the cheerio. All right. You well, do I'll, the cheerio. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll do the cheerio. Thanks to everybody in the comments. Thanks to Asam and Jerry. Jerry's been a great host. Thanks for your comments. Thanks for everything. And remember, didn't be bams to each other. See you later. Love that. <laughs> Podcast Network.